Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, everybody. It's Katie, and I just wanted to say quickly before we get into the episode, thank you guys so much for tuning in every week and listening to Michaela and I talk about movies and television. We really appreciate each and every one of you. If you enjoy Popcorn Chats and this podcast and the content that Michaela and I work really hard each week to make, please consider showing your appreciation by following us on our Instagrams. If you're listening to us on Spotify, please go to our show page and hit the green follow button. That way you can get notified when we post new episodes every week. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a review, comment on the episodes, and let us know what you think about what we're saying. We also post our episodes on YouTube every single week. So if you're more of a visual person, you can watch us chit-chat instead of listening to us. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel while you're there because we're so close to being monetized. If you really want to go above and beyond supporting Michaela and I, there is a listener support tab within the Anchor app or on the Anchor website. If you want to help us out, these episodes are super fun for us to make and we want to keep doing it and your support, whether you're just listening for the first time or you're tuning in consistently every week. Everything you guys do for us means so much and we appreciate each and every one of you more than you know. Buckle up, because it's going to be a long ride. It's going to be a wild ride. Nobody cares, but we're going to tell you anyways. This is Popcorn Chats. <laughs> Do we need to clap? Yeah. Bring it back. Three, two, one. So delayed. Oh my God. Yeah. I really like your sweater. Thank you. It's from Shein. I was going to ask. I kind of figured it was. Uh-huh. That's where I got all my new outfits. Yeah. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Popcorn Chats. I'm Katie. I'm McKay. And we're back with our Euphoria coverage. We are down to the last two episodes of season two. We're coming off of (laughs) season two, episode seven, Lexi's play. We're going to break it down. We're going to talk all about it. Twitter, TikTok, social media has been a buzz about this episode. Uh, People can't stop talking about it. Obviously, this season has all of us by the balls and we're all very invested. So yeah, I can't wait to talk about it. This has been my favorite episode of the season so far. I would just like to start by saying that. Yeah, my girlfriend, Corinne, was very surprised by that statement too, but it was. And the first time I watched it, I was like, it was the weekend, you know, and I was a little like turnt begurnt, but I really enjoyed the episode and I haven't necessarily been enjoying them that much this season. So then I rewatched it last night and I still really loved it, so... Well, good. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. But first, we must check in. Check in. Yes. Am I going first? Yeah, please do. All right. I'm doing fine. (laughs) Um, I had to travel. So it's Wednesday today that we're recording this a little bit late because I had to travel for work. I traveled to St. Louis, Missouri. Only the second time I've ever been to Missouri. Literally never need to go back. No shade, no tea to residents there, but it's not it. Yeah. Um, And I was stressed as hell flying back last night because of course I had a layover in Minneapolis and they were getting a bunch of snow all day and Madison 
Madison was getting like a wintry mix of like sleet and snow. People were, there were like stressing me out being like, I don't think you're going to make it. I don't think you're going to make it. And I'm like, I swear to God, if I don't get home, I'm going to have a full blown panic attack. But I ended up getting home just fine, home with my babies. So all was good. However, so yesterday I'm sitting in the back of the room at the meeting and I check my phone and I check my like personal email and I see an email from my landlord and I was like, that's weird. And so I open it up and the title is just music in the subject line. And then it's, hey, Michaela, I was out of the office last week, but I received a complaint from one of your neighbors about loud music and bass music in the middle of the day that's very loud over there. It was very nice. Like my landlord was very nice about it it wasn't like rude at all it was just like I appreciate your help like if you can just keep in mind volume and appreciate your help whatever and so I saw that and immediately I'm like I'm so fucking confused because I never have music playing in my apartment like right. I always have the tv going but even that I never have like at a very loud volume and especially during the middle of the day like during the day half the time I either don't have the tv volume past like five because I'm working and I'm more just having like for very minimal background noise or I'm reading and when then again like I have a very low like I just I'm like I literally don't know what the fuck they're talking about <laughs> like I genuinely don't think this was me and Katie I know you know I have an idea of which neighbor it was so that's why I'm oh, in yeah. this room so I'm not by the wall that it's by but I'm like in the middle of the fucking day and like music music I'm like I literally don't even have music going so yeah. I responded like obviously to my landlord apologizing and I said like I work from home and like I don't ever have music playing ever but especially during the day because I'm like in meetings or something and she responded back and she was like thanks for getting back to me I'll let them know because then I said like I'll keep in mind the volume when I do have anything playing but I was like I literally don't think this was me so that's why yeah. like, I'm genuinely confused and also I'm like are you sir what the fuck is your problem with me yeah like are you just that unhappy of a person because I hear you and your wife fighting all the time I hear your two kids screaming all the time and I'm taller than you so I think you have short man syndrome so I don't know what the fuck your deal is why you always feel the need to I guess make my life worse yeah fuck bro off. fuck you if you're listening <laughs> so rude that ass. set me off yesterday yeah so then I texted Corinne and I was like hey just a heads up like I and I know that it wasn't like from her being here just like the one night because apparently this was from like last week but I texted her and I'm like hey just a heads up that my dick ass neighbor emailed my landlord so if he like comes over or anything just don't acknowledge <laughs> yeah really so anyways that put me in a bad mood yesterday but it's fine i'm just gonna fucking sit here in silence from now on <laughs> his fucking bitch ass kids always watched me as i was yeah. like walking up to your place they just yeah because i, I literally don't think they do anything i don't think they leave that apartment because i hear them all day like they are in there all day long so i genuinely don't think their kids get out and do anything yeah he probably just so. hates his fucking life honestly i think he does when they are always yelling like i can hear whenever i go out to the mailbox they are always yelling you can hear them out in the hallway fucking rude assholes that's on you that's why you don't have kids and you aren't with someone just to be with someone literally anyways Trudge. that's my little rant for my check-in how are you katie <laughs> i'm fine um loving 
Miss California not loving the whole unemployment situation. It's just been going on for so fucking long and I'm just so over it. Like applying for jobs, interviewing for jobs. I just want it to end, but I don't know. I was like reading my diary from around this time last year and it just really like made me emotional and feel very grateful because I just felt so far away from where I wanted to be like in my personal life like career life just like location wise mm -hmm. I was in further northern Wisconsin than like mm -hmm. I had started so it just felt like I was going the wrong way I don't know I'm just grateful I can't believe I'm here in Los mm -hmm. Angeles and it like makes me hopeful for this time next year like I'll hopefully be looking back on this time in my life where I was here but unemployed be like I had nothing to worry about it was all fine Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm a, I'm a little worried, a little anxious, but I know I'll figure it out. That's really it with me. No, no, uh, no crazy stories to report <laughs> like last your, time. <laughs> your video of the packing peanuts had me dying at the airport when you said that because it's just like, of course, of course that would happen to you. <laughs> I forgot about that video. Yeah, I, um. That was so funny. I threw a bunch of like those stupid packing peanuts that they, like I had to ship a bunch of my stuff from home. And so I had to throw away a bunch of those fucking packing peanuts and I like just threw them into the dumpster from the box. And then yesterday when the garbage people came, something caught my eye out the window and I just see like thousands of those packing peanuts like flying across my window. And I thought it was snowing. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I look and it's all my fucking packing peanuts and they're like running around trying to get them. And there's so many like animals in my neighborhood. So I feel really bad. Like there's so many, I don't want to freak you out, but there's so many kittens. One of them, or not kittens, cats. And one of them came up to me the other day, was like rubbing its little head on my legs while I was on my walk. And then I like started petting it and it like rolled onto its back and like wanted tummy rubs. Oh my God. It was such a they're sweet just, kitty. They're just stray cats. I don't think so. No, I think oh, they're, okay. I think they belong to people and they're just, they just like go around Outdoor this neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> that would have been tragic. <laughs> yeah. I don't think like there's many stray animals in Los Angeles just because people like take them home, but I would be scared to own a cat, like an outdoor cat around here because I feel like bitches would be like, you're mine now. <laughs> I'm adopting yeah. you. But it's like, no, that cat just wants to roam. Around. I don't even like leaving the these two in the apartment by themselves. Yeah. Because I have irrational fears. I hope none of the animals like get the packing peanuts and choke. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We're just going to say that they don't. If you're a packaging distributor and packing peanuts, it's 2022. We don't need them anymore. And they're bad for the earth. No, Disney uses Geomni and it's like better than that. It's like the cardboard crinkle paper and like tissue paper and it works really well. And it's like environmentally friendly. Because say what you want about Disney, but they are very environmentally conscious and do do a lot with conservation efforts. Since this is like your favorite episode, why don't you lead all follow? As you guys might have heard if you tune in to last week's episode, we were highly anticipating this Lexi episode. We've been highly anticipating a Lexi episode for season two. Yes. <laughs> for a long fucking time. We've been waiting for this moment. I am very impressed with Miss McKay because she kind of called the whole storyline with her and Cassie's situation. That was a very good read. And I'm glad that we got to see Lexi's kind of version of their upbringing and her view of 
all the situations that we've been watching this entire time. Very interesting. Maud is serving, period. I think like the best child to come out of nepotism. <laughs> like, I was I was going to talk about that because I wanted to be like, what do you think about that? Because obviously she has two very famous parents and especially a parent that is very, very involved with HBO. So yeah. it's kind of like, did how hard did you really work to get this role? But then in this, I was like, oh, you thought she worked too? Could you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is actually like proving that she deserved this role. The projects that Maud gets is a testament to like her abilities to act because lots of kids who are offspring of celebrities are like, producers or whatever they're they're getting work easier than maybe somebody who isn't related to a famous person might mm -hmm. be getting but they also are probably in shit like fucking kissing booth you know they're not in like the biggest show on television she's serving period and i loved her performance in this i love the character mm -hmm. of lexi i'm glad that sam didn't fucking fuck her up he's like what two for how many women are there in there in this show two for i'd say like Jules, Maddie, Cassie, Kat. Like, in my opinion, he's fucked all of those characters up. So. I would agree. I'd say the only two that he hasn't so far are Rue and Lexi. And Gia, but, like, we haven't had enough on Gia. I think it's more just, like, an injustice still for Gia that she hasn't had her moment to shine. So now I'm hoping for season three for her, since we kind of got, like, Lexi and Fez focused on in this season that we really wanted to. Now I'm really hopeful that season three will bring us the Gia content that we want. I was just going to say that especially if Rue, depending on what season three brings, if she's on a bit of a better path, maybe then it's time for Gia to go down like a darker route. Yeah. And they definitely set up all that pressure Mm -hmm. That is being put on Gia, you know, with that episode where Rue was yelling at her mom and telling Gia that she needs to be perfect so that the mom feels fulfilled with her life. Mm -hmm. Super dark. But then also, this is jumping ahead a little bit. We can get to this moment, but the mom talking about in this episode how she's giving up yeah. on Rue, basically. And if Gia were to find that out, I don't know how well she would take that. And I think she'd have a lot of anger at the mom and Rue and just like Gia's character has a lot of opportunities, but I agree for next season. Thank yeah. We're going to get it in this season. And I don't think we should. There's way too many other things mm -hmm. that need to be wrapped up. So don't start something with fucking Gia. Don't take up 20 minutes starting something with Gia in this last episode, please. Just yeah. No. Wrap up what you've already fucking done. Yeah. Cause I'm, I have a list of everything that we still need wrapped up this season that we can go through at the end. I just had one note on that scene with Rue and her mom and just her insight on Gia's life and how Rue is really clueless, you know, to Gia. Yeah. How she's like, oh, Gia's doing great. And the mom's like, she's literally getting D's in school right now. Like you don't, you think you aren't having that big of an effect on her, but you are. And you're having detrimental impacts on this family. At first when the mom said like, if I have to choose between saving or between having like two daughters or one, I'm going to try to save the one. I was like, oh shit, that's like, me. Like, that's got to be so hard to hear. But also, I don't necessarily think it's wrong that she said that because Rue needs, like, some tough love. Yeah. Like, this mom has been very patient with her, has been trying to do everything that she can in her power to do to get Rue clean. It just, it's not working, so... Yeah. I think maybe that was, like, hopefully 
got through to Rue a little bit. Yeah, hopefully. We'll see, I guess. But she looked healthy in this episode. She looked good. Yeah, it was really nice seeing her, like, smile and laugh. I hope appreciate Lexi a little bit more. She's, like, kind of the character mm-hmm. that, like, everybody knows that she's been on drugs, so it's not like sh- Lexi was really airing any of her shit like some of the other characters. I hope that it helps Rue realize, like, how she's treated Lexi and how she hasn't been the best friend to her recently and helps her, like, appreciate Lexi a little bit more for being there with her mm-hmm. throughout this whole time. And I don't know. I love Lexi. I can't say enough good things about her yes and you know who else i love in this episode well i get there's two other people or three other people that i love in this episode but one is the stage manager i don't have any other notes except i just love her i love her voice and i think she's like she's a very opposite presence to lexi who is like a bit domineering i guess Mm -hmm. as a director and then the stage manager is just so like calm and serene i don't know yeah i like that i like that difference but she's still like authoritative and like get the fucking letters out already <laughs> like <laughs> she says it in such a voice that it's like you don't really realize what she's saying because like the yeah. tone sounds nice yeah and i love the moment when <laughs> she's like jared you better do a good job with the lighting cue we will replace you like if you yeah. fuck up again we will replace you and then Lexi being like, anybody, literally anybody, a blind three-year-old could do this better than you. <laughs> Two very different deliveries. I love it. I love it. I, I love the overture. I, I love the theater. Michaela doesn't necessarily like the theater as much as I do. So I love the whole like setup of this episode and how like everything seemed very theatrical and the theater music kind of like carried over into the moments where we were being shown reality. However, I think the overture at the beginning is beautiful, but the audacity of having that long ass shot of the fucking flowers when you have so much to wrap up just rude. I think it's what put me it put me off to this episode from the very beginning was that opening <laughs> shot. I was like, get on with it. Yeah. Because yeah. again, like you said, I don't care about the theater. So yeah. I was like, let's you already did the effect. Let's keep it rolling. I just I like how Lexi's character always being a watcher has manifested itself into this play that is a retelling of everything we've already seen, but it's helping the characters like confront their actions. And Sam Levinson did say like, they're all thinking one thing, acting a different way or saying something else. And Lexi has kind of seen right through all of that and now is showing them, kind of like having them confront themselves and their actions. It establishes the play and her stories as truthful because Lexi Lexi is always, kind of in the background somehow and I trust her as a narrator more than Rue to be honest where it gets a little hazy is the information that she's learned from Rue that has made it into the play this is just a small moment but we got more parts from Rue's dad's funeral and how Rue was doing drugs and I just I really love Lexi's mom doing the dishes for Rue's mom and like Mm -hmm. supporting her I just I love the moms (laughs) it was such a tender moment Yes, and Lexi's mom in this episode shined. Yeah, <laughs> she did. She is having her fucking moment in these past. Both of the moms have been this season. Yeah, like Rue's mom has had so many great moments, but really Lexi just out of the park. I yeah. loved every time we cut to her in the audience making some sort of comment or cheering. Yes. She was so cute, and I love to see her so supportive of Lexi. I love. I it. do think like she's a genuinely good mom like even though 
we know that she's an alcoholic, like, has struggled with alcohol dependency, maybe. Like, I don't know if she is, like, a full-blown alcoholic, but we've often seen her drinking, seen her have some struggles with her husband, but I do think that she genuinely, like, loves her daughters. Me too. And cares for them. Oh, did you see that leap? Yeah. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the transition when it was that that flashback again to Rue's dad's funeral but this time it's from Lexi's point of view and she's kind of like going around and listening to all these conversations which again really establishes her as that like watcher and observer Mm -hmm. how do I want to know like how did you feel when it was the three different actresses outside of Rue's room like the ones who played Kat, Maddie and Cassie Mm -hmm. like how did you feel about that because it was like the mom and then like those were the real moms but then it changed to those three actresses so like what was your thought process behind that and then she tells them to stop gossiping right yeah but it's like not actually cat cassie and maddie it's the actresses playing them like it's their villains yeah or whatever. it's like it's their, their, their doppelgangers their stunt yeah okay honestly i didn't pick up on that so i might have been typing something or i just wasn't paying close enough attention i just like I guess... thought it was a smoothish transition from like reality to then the play i didn't like the transitions in this episode <laughs> actually just like as a whole i don't know the one was good with we see what happens after the cassie and nate reveal which like we'll talk about that mm. in a little bit that that transition i thought was cool but mm-hmm. overall it I didn't like it. I found it a little confusing at times. And I think too, I would just, because I don't like theater already, I was just like, I'm not clicking with this style of storytelling right now. And so I think that just kind of put me off of it in general, that then I wasn't finding myself like trying to even enjoy them. It was more yeah. just like, can we get on with this a little bit? Which is why I'm kind of nervous for the finale because it sounds like it's going to still be the play format, which it just, I, I know obviously it worked for you, but it just, it didn't work for me. Yeah. I'm hoping it's not entirely the play format because we pretty much are caught up to real time with everything. And it looks like Maddie and Cassie are going to get into a little tussle. Um. I hope so. I hope Maddie (laughs) comes out on top. Get her revenge. I don't know how anyone can have seen Maddie's pain. Like, especially... Okay. Okay. Sorry. That's jumping ahead. No. We haven't even gotten to Fez's conversation yet. Okay. Yeah. we'll, We'll get to that, I guess. The Maddie and Cassie stuff. Can we talk about Fez and Lexi's conversation on the phone? Yeah. Because I I do agree with Fez with uh, what he thinks about Lexi making a play about all the people in their lives, especially for everyone in high school for their peers. Like, obviously, Lexi, it's about her own life. So it's fair that she tells her side from everything that she's seen. But I do agree with Fez that it's like you're kind of airing everyone's stuff out there. And I do think in the format of it being for peers, and not like if you were like a grown-up like if you made a movie right now about all of us from back in high school that was out I feel like that would be very different because you know that not everyone from our high school is going to like watch that see that be present in the moment for that but I was like Lexi you could get a little messy and I didn't want to see her like exposing Rue's drug use or like really going in depth about that because I'm like that's not really your business even though yes you did like always see Rue using like I didn't want her to kind of air that out Cassie I'm like air her shit out with Nate go for it because I feel like that's different level but like with her abortion from last season I'm like I don't want to see that from like like I don't want to see her exposing like the really personal things yeah and I liked that Fez was kind of on the same page with that and I don't feel like Lexi really did except with Nate (laughs) 
but <laughs> yeah I mean there's really no denying that these characters are the characters like that we know and like she didn't even try to hide it she gave them all names with like very similar names she casted their doppelgangers who just I guess happened to be going to the same school whatever teacher or administrative staff that signed off on this play I have questions and the budget uh, for this play yeah and I'd they like used they used like the same cheerleading costumes they did the same cheerleading routine but I mean I love it it's Oh, it doesn't need to be realistic. Like we said, you know, it's a television show and it's funny again to like poke fun yeah. at that. The memes on Twitter and everything. Hysterical. Iconic. I love the moment when Maddie's like, is this fucking play about us? Like it's so good. All of their reactions, seeing all of their reactions to things. I get so much joy out of that. It was Agreed. really, really wonderful. Like yeah, amazing. I don't understand why Ethan has to play every man if she's able to get this huge football team dance team to do this dance why does Ethan have to play every man in the show Ethan is the <laughs> shining star of this fucking episode in my opinion I loved him and I want to bring it back to earlier on in the season Katie when we played a game of Smasher Pass and I said pass to Ethan. Ethan is a hard smash after this episode. <laughs> I'm like, if I was Kat sitting in the audience, I would feel like a fucking fool. Yeah. He was just so into it, so committed. He was so funny. I loved him in this episode. So secure in his masculinity. All those men up there yes. grinding on each other. You better work, babe. That is so hot to me. It Nate saying that it was homophobic get out by have a good day we can get yeah. to it when we talk we about do, it yeah. but like That's yes ethan i am glad that he was in this season a part of the season any bad thing i've said about him i do revoke i still don't know if i would smash per se it depends <laughs> It was, I think exactly what you said about him like owning his masculinity and like being so comfortable and having such that range that that is like extremely attractive to me that I don't even care that he's a short king what's match mm -hmm. that no one can pull off the Maddie look honestly except for Maddie so Cassie walking in Sydney Sweeney is fucking gorgeous this is nothing against her whatsoever she's literally one of like the prettiest people I feel like there is she does not look good with that style that Maddie has like Maddie just owns that style so to see her walking in with Nate with the straight hair middle part sharp eyeliner or like sharp winged eyeshadow colorful jewels it's just not her I mean it's very clear like it's not supposed to be her you know she's trying to be what Nate wants her to be so she's trying to emulate Maddie mm -hmm. but I just I hate everything that is going on with Cassie right now <laughs> it's just I fucking hate it all this was beyond cringy Cassie's parts in this beyond cringy she needs like that Edna pep talk that she gives to a elastic girl oh, yourself like, <laughs> yeah. she really does she needs a good smack an exorcism as her mother would say yes. and as for the big smack I hope that Maddie gives one to her next week honestly I would love to see Maddie get her fucking like I'd love to just see her get some sense of satisfaction out of the whole situation because so much of that was taken from her with Nate playing Russian roulette with her and her just saying like he put me through hell and now he's with my fucking best friend like when will it end that shit yeah. broke my heart that broke my I heart know. That Okay, so this was my note. That if anyone who watches Maddie's pain and still defends Cassie, you're done. 
you're done in my book. Because while I, I get that it makes sense for Cassie's character, okay? I get that she just is always seeking male validation. So I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense for her character. But I cannot defend her fucking behavior. I am 100% with Maddie on everything this season. I feel like Maddie has honestly been like a very calm, rational presence <laughs> amidst this whole situation. Amidst everything, honestly. Yeah. And Maddie was so right when she said that she's a good friend. Because Maddie would have never done that with McKay. Mm-mm. Never would have crossed that line. I just hate seeing this like friendship. This like soulmate friendship just completely shatter this season. I hope in season three that this kind of gives way into them like reconciling and having a a very satisfying like coming back together moment because we've seen that in other shows maybe not to this extreme but like Brooke and Peyton comes to mind for me where it's very satisfying when they fight and then come back together. Blair and Serena. Mm -hmm. The classic brunette blonde Butting heads, fighting over men. The blonde always seems to win out. Don't really know what the fuck is up with that. Kind of fucking rude, but whatever. You know what I just realized, though? I'm always... And I don't even think it's just, like, brunette solidarity, but the brunette is always... I'm always on that side. I was always on Brooke's side. I was always on Blair's side. And I am always on Maddie's side. Same. Yeah. It is brunette solidarity. I think that's what it is. And also just the fact that they're right. Yeah. They are superior. (laughs) They are better. They are superior. I don't know where I was going with that. But I do love Faye helping Fez get ready. That was cute. But also sus. Don't fuck with my boys, period. You better use those big ass lips to let them know something's going on. You better move those smackers into a warning for my boys. Because I am not having a death of Fez or Ashtray. Or we rise at dawn. I will take to the streets. Yep. I will Sam Levinson, there is nowhere you can go that you will be safe if something happens to Fez and Ashtray. Because out of all of the people on this show, for them being drug dealers, they are two of the purest characters that there is. And having his like shirt steamed, like you could just tell the extra mile that he was going to. And then when Fez is standing in front of the fucking mirror and he sniffs the flowers, I, I can't. He is so... <laughs> So fucking pure. I just want only good things for sweet baby Fez. <laughs> like Girl, everyone. Fucking same. The part <sighs> when he was like on the phone with Lexi and he's like, now that's what I call a quandary. Like and then when he said to Faye, do you think other people would think that I look handsome? Shut the fuck up. And Faye is just being so sweet and supportive. She's got to say something. Come on, you yeah. crusty ass dude yeah. sitting out there. He's done nothing for you. No, these boys are your family now, Faye. Come on. One thing I was confused about was in certain instances during the play, they say Lexi Howard. And then in other parts, they say Grace. So, like, she did change her name for some parts, but not others. And I was like, is this just a lapse in Sam Levinson's dumbass? Or, like, what? Because the part when that 
thing is spinning and it's like, I wish I could have banged Lexi Howard or something. Yeah. But then the, she changes her name at other times. So I was just like, and then that's I, really I undeniable that it's like about your sister. If you're going to like, like there's right. no way. Yeah. I don't think I picked up on that. But again, I think I was already kind of confused and thrown off by the like lines between the play and reality at times that I don't think I ever noticed that. Yeah, it's just um, weird. But Lexi did say a line and immediately I was like, this is Katie and I, this is Katie and I. And it's when Lexi said, I feel like I live most of my life in my imagination. Cause bitch, if that ain't true for us. Relatable. Yeah. All day, every day. That's what writers do though. I mean, you take your everyday mm-hmm. life and you go home or even while you're like living your current life, you're like imagining other things and that's literally my entire feature screenplay is just like the person I wish I would have been in high school Mm -hmm. really (laughs) it's just like it's entertainment and then it's also like unescapable once you get something in your head you know how people are like oh characters just like pop into your head or like they just start speaking and that's like so fucking true and then once they do they don't shut up <laughs> yeah, very true. I feel like every character I've ever written has been based on a real person. But like, it's always, it, but it's not at the same time. It's very like embellished and imagined. And it, the like the real person is more of a jumping off point. But in Lexi's case, these are like fine details that are very like <laughs> undeniably. It's undeniable. Yeah. Also, Katie, do you see Dory Ray? right there yeah hi bunny you're so cute auntie katie can see you i love the bob ross moment <laughs> that, that was, was great. so cute yeah, that was great. I, I liked seeing more of like the background friendship of rue and lexi in this i did really appreciate that because while we knew we were told that they were friends we didn't really ever get to see them being friends growing up and even like in present time because rue has been so wrapped up in jewelry Lexi has kind of just always been like cast aside off to the side kind of deal that I like that we got to finally see some of their friendship moments from over the years it was cute agreed and I just loved the cuts to Rue during those moments and seeing her smile Mm -hmm. how would you feel as Jules just not being in this play at all I did think about that. I was like, they just, they're straight up like Jules does not exist. Right. Um, I think Jules should probably be happy she's not included because I don't think her storylines would probably be good. And I don't know. I feel like Jules and Lexi have never really been friends. And I don't think Jules has really had an impact on Lexi's life. So I don't really think it, I don't really think it matters that Jules wasn't like included in it. Mm Because like Maddie, even though her and Lexi aren't like, best friends we did see moments where she was almost like an older sister to her as well and I thought that was really cute um and same with Kat like Kat has been more friends with Lexi I feel like than Jules has how do you feel about Jules not being included she hasn't had much of an impact on Lexi besides like taking up more of Rue's time and I would have liked to maybe hear how Lexi feels about that like the her line Lexi's line saying um drugs became a greater comfort comfort to her than I ever could be and then how seeing Jules maybe like affected that you know is she happy that Rue has found somebody that makes her want to be sober but yeah I don't think it's that big of a deal I do think it was intentional to leave her out and maybe we'll get more on that maybe not 
I think yeah. it's just kind of like a slap in the face to Jules, but also, I mean, I'd be glad that I wasn't in it either when everybody's <laughs> yeah. shit is getting aired out. <laughs> I know. I was confused with, is this, jo- I don't actually even think I, no, I didn't even have a note on this, but this was one of the transitions where I'm like, is this the play or is this real life with Kat's camming? I'm like, is she exposing Kat for being a cam girl to the entire school? Or was that like a flashback of like actual Kat? I don't know yeah I had a note about that too that was really upsetting I don't understand I don't understand the need for that if it was part of the play why did we not get a cut to Kat's reaction then and then like the audience reaction because by that point they know that that actress is playing Kat why do we not get the reaction from other people like looking at her that just seemed like an oversight if it was a part of the play if it wasn't a part of the play because it is Right, and it's being intercut with Cassie telling Nate basically that he owns her and he can do whatever he wants to her and tell her what to eat and wear. So, like, why is it being intercut with that? Because that's also not part of the play. No. But is it part of the play? Because we get that shot where, like, pulls out and they're, like laying on Nate's bed and it's like we see the audience so I think it's like I don't know if we're always supposed to know what parts are the play and what parts are reality necessarily but the the cat thing being in after we haven't gotten any like more information about that storyline from season one cat has been completely removed from this season it seems like and to then Uh just reference that past storyline again you're really doing yourself a disservice because if you're trying to like move on from that and like pretend like it never happened then why are you showing that but if you're gonna show it you need to fucking address it some way or another I feel like Barbie is not going to be in season three and I'm going to be fucking pissed. (laughs) But also like if it's part of the play, Ethan's in the play so that he would have known that cat has been camming. It's like all this shit. It's like the cat's whole deal this whole season has been completely botched. A thousand percent. Sam Levinson, I will never forgive you for destroying, like, a great, great character. Yeah, absolutely. And so much potential. Moving into the part, the transition, where um, we had that kind of, like, flashback moment to Marta and Hallie, where Hallie, like, invites Marta to stay in bed with her, and Mm. then we get the transition to see what happened after the bombshell dropped in episode five, which Mm -hmm. thank God we got that moment. I wasn't sure we were going to get that. That's why I was so furious after episode five and episode six. Just it seemed like Maddie's voice was really stifled and we needed Mm -hmm. that moment to see her reaction to what Cassie did and what she said to Cassie. So Mm -hmm. I'm really pleased that we were able to see that. Yes, Alexa Demi did such a good job in that scene. And once again, I'm just like, Cassie, your bitch ass doesn't even, like, feel bad. Like, you don't even care about Maddie in the slightest. Your only concern is about Nate when Maddie is, like, genuinely mourning this betrayal. And, like, we see that on her face. Oh, my God. I'm glad that we got that, too. I'm glad that we got that scene. Ugh. And she was a coward, and I'm glad that she got called out for it. I think the only time we really get to see any remorse is when Sydney or... (laughs) when Cassie has to confront like her own actions by watching them play out again but she's not even I guess Lexi isn't including that part in the play like the whole cheating situation it's more just the tender moments between her and Maddie that she's rewatching, and that moment that she goes into the bathroom and is like crying but then like smiling Emmy Mm -hmm. Emmy potential that was so good I would love 
to see Sydney Sweeney and Jacob Elordi star in like a psycho thriller. Ooh, potential. I think they would both do very well. I'd be interested to see them outside of these roles acting together because I do. I've said before that I feel like they don't were like they aren't their best selves when they're in a scene together and I still agree with that that I would like to see them maybe in different like different characters right. playing together see if it works better yeah for sure for sure I was just gonna say that I totally agree though about that scene in the bathroom yeah and like even though Cassie's character I very much dislike right now Sydney Sweeney is still absolutely yes. killing it yeah also I just want to go back to the scene where the family is dancing in the living room and I loved being able to see their the mom's reaction and Cassie's reaction. Uh, that was very sweet. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a heavy portion of the episode and I'm gonna just insert a trigger warning right here about like sexual assault and all that stuff. Skip ahead a couple minutes if you're sensitive to this stuff. So the part where it's Nate, Maddie, Cassie, and it's like spinning around and it's changing who it is and who's who. And we get Nate looking at his own reflection and then turning around and seeing somebody, I don't know. But basically I took that as when it's Jules who grabs him by the neck and like hugs him. Do you know what part I'm talking about? Yes. I took that as, oh shit, he's not dressing her like Maddie. He's dressing her like Jules. Because he put those stockings on, those fishnet, pink fishnet stockings on her. And then he like ripped (gasps) them from behind. And then it was right after that that we saw that it's Jules who comes up and hugs him from behind. And Jules doesn't look like that anymore. No. So he's like dressing her like Jules circa season one. In that scene, yeah. So for me, that was kind of like an oh shit moment. I just have a hard time believing that he, like, genuinely loves Jules <laughs> after all the shit that he did to her. I don't yeah. know. I feel like any of his intentions, like, any of his feelings towards other characters, I have a hard time believing because it's just, like, is this at all a game? Like, unless if yeah. it's from his direct perspective. <sighs> and even then, I don't, I just, I, I don't know how to read Nate anymore because I feel like he has gotten even worse this season in terms of, like, unpredictability and manipulation. That, like, I genuinely thought that he loved Maddie because from the first season, like, I genuinely thought that he did. And then after the shit that he's pulled, it's like, I don't think that he ever did. So I don't know what to believe. <laughs> I'm wondering if Nate got molested by Cal as a child because here's my my basis for this so we have that moment when nate is like pinning all these girls down on the bed and it's kind of like a recreation of the tape between cal and jules Mm -hmm. and then when we cut back it's nate on the bed looking terrified and cal leaning up on top of him which was a very disturbing part and i didn't like it but it was a nightmare here's where i wonder i feel like that actually happened to nate when he was a kid and we're obviously not gonna have a molestation scene i think that would probably cross the line even for euphoria i would fucking Um, hope so and i don't necessarily think as an audience member i need like full confirmation that this happened or not i also have issues Like, that just kind of ruins Cal's character in the episode that was dedicated to him and his sexuality. Like, that just kind of is a waste of an episode then because he's a monster. Yeah, because then it's, like, nothing for him is redeemable. In the episode last week when Nate and his mom are talking and she says, you stopped kissing your dad, I noticed a dark cloud come over you when you were eight or nine. Nate didn't find the tapes until he was 11. So this whole time we're assuming that... 
Nate is fucked up because his like introduction to sex was watching his dad have an affair basically with men, young men. That's enough to fuck somebody up, but Nate is like mega fucked up. Like he's holding a gun to his head and pressing his forehead up against his ex-girlfriend's face. Another thing was when he, in the first season, when Cal was on top of him and like pushing him down. Oh, and and Nate's reaction to that. That was like the only time that he's ever had like a very visceral reaction to anything. Because normally he has that kind of like calm, cool, cold rage. Where that was like explosive tantrum kind of reaction. And he just, he hates his dad. Like he hates his dad so much. I just, I'm kind of feeling like he might have been molested by his dad. Yeah. Can you get out of the way for this serious conversation? Dory Dorian, come on. No one wants to your butt right now. Come here. I think he's just attention deprived. I did think that that scene was weird. Like, alarming in the episode, the whole, like, Nate switching around. Like, the whole Nate, Jules, Cassie, Cal, whatever, was very weird. But I guess my mind didn't immediately go there because I think of what we've gotten from Cal. But now, as soon as you said that, then I immediately then went back to that conversation that Nate had with his mom and was thinking, like, about the same exact lines there. I don't know. There's got to be more to Nate and Cal's relationship than what we've seen. There has to be more stuff that has gone down. But whether it's that, like, I don't know. I don't think then that they would have done that whole episode for him. Yeah. If that was the case. But I also see how that would make sense. Like, it makes... Complete sense. I think everything makes sense about that except for the fact that we had an entire episode dedicated to Cal. I'm wondering, do you think maybe him and Cal, his and Cal's beef has something to do with the third son and that we haven't explored that yet? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. Because on one hand it makes sense and on another hand it doesn't. I only have a few, two one-off notes before we get into the... (laughs) The big finale, which is one, I'm just glad that Jules destroyed that disc and therefore that that storyline is done because it already flopped, (laughs) but I'm glad it's just over with. Any comments? Same. No, agreed. (laughs) On the same page. And lastly, Rue's facial expressions throughout the play. Like you said, like it was nice to see her smiling, but then it was also nice to see her being like, (laughs) when other people are getting like called out and things. Excuse me. That even though Rue was not a huge part of this episode, what we did get of her, I really enjoyed. I loved the part when like they give the boys the standing ovation and Rue's just like, like following the crowd. Zendaya is perfect. Serving, even though with no lines, she is still serving. I literally don't think that she can do wrong, like, ever. Mm-hmm. She's so good at everything in this show. Um, and I love that we didn't get Elliot in this episode. He's unnecessary and we didn't need him. Yeah, bye. Have a good so, one. <laughs> I just have the number and then the outstanding items, but that we'll get to at the end of the episode here. But let's talk about okay. the the the, bi- the big number. Ethan, my fucking superstar. <laughs> yes. He brought his all. The moment where him and Lexi are like, ah! <laughs> It was so good. So I, we got a music number in the first season, which I wasn't expecting. And still, this didn't top that. Like, Rue's number at the season finale for season one. It can't be topped. But this, 
it was a musical number, but in like the best way that we needed mm-hmm. in this season. It's so funny because like I've been talking to people about this scene and I think it's a common sentiment or like everybody kind of feels this way, but no one really talks about it and like sheds as big of a light on it as this play just did that <laughs> Lexi just like roasted the shit out of these dudes. But like mm-hmm. football is very gay and like male locker room period is just very gay and like they're always slapping each other's butts they're always pretending to grab each other's dicks Mm. like you remember the guys in high school like everything like how fucking weird they were sending each other pictures of their dick like sending everybody pictures of their dick i don't want to see your dick no literally no and i'm straight and i don't even want to see that (laughs) Yeah, this is a huge deviation, but I watched a couple episodes of that Pam and Tommy, Pamela Anderson and Tommy. I heard that his dick talks. Yes, there is so much dick. And it's like, I think we kind of backed ourselves into a corner with, I think we girl bossed too close to the sun because we're all like, why do women's bodies get shown so much Mm -hmm. and men don't? Like men's dicks are never on camera. But there's a reason. No one wants to see your dick. They're disgusting. Yeah, it's not cute. You can't run away from it in Pam and Tommy. It's everywhere. I heard about that scene. I haven't watched the show yet, but I heard about that scene where it, like, has a conversation. (laughs) Yeah, it's not lovely. So, yeah, anyways, back to this glorious performance. Um, My jaw was on the floor from start to finish. Yes. Uh, the audience reactions, amazing. I loved watching people laugh at Nate. Even, like, before this, too, like, other scenes with Nate. Or, not Nate, but you know that it's implied that it's Nate. I loved seeing people laugh at him and him getting so uncomfortable. It, it, like, fueled something in my soul. I'm like, I love seeing this man be fucking embarrassed in front of everyone because he is (laughs) garbage. It was kind of that moment we've been looking for i feel like where we're all like you all know how shitty of a person this guy is why can't we all collectively acknowledge that Mm -hmm. and lexi's probably been thinking the same thing this entire fucking time as the watcher and observer that she is she's like you know what i'm gonna show this dude for what he really is like Mm -hmm. um i just don't think that lexi knows the extent of Nate's sexuality situation. I don't mm-hmm. think anybody really does besides Nate, and even he probably doesn't know. Did Lexi learn from Rue about the Jules situation? Does she know about the dicks on Nate's phone from Maddie Dancy. or Kat? Or is she just like the rest of us who have always had our suspicions that football and the most homophobic guys are a little fruity <laughs> and a little gay and a little obsessed with each other? And that's fine. But don't be hateful and mean and psychotic to other people. Yeah. I it was an interesting conversation online. I feel like I didn't see it I didn't honestly even see a ton of tweets because then I was like so busy and off Twitter on Monday and on Tuesday. But I know I saw one originally who was like because Nate was like that was so homophobic and like I was curious to see what people's reaction was to be about this like Lexi calling this out. That have you seen anything or like what's your perspective on that? I think the entire play is a satire and it's making fun and exaggerating these characters. Uh, Like having Cassie drop down in a like Galinda like fashion. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I didn't find it homophobic. I thought it was funny. And I, yeah, I don't know what would be homophobic about that. I think it's funny that he's like hiding behind that word, I guess. Um, Or like using that word in that context. 
I was like, is this going to sound bad? But I'm like, I don't feel bad for him. Like, I don't care that this happened because he is such a horror. Like, he's done such horrible things to people that at this point, I'm like, for one bad thing to happen to you in the scheme of everything that you have done to other people, I don't care. <laughs> and also, like, is it, was it even, like, a direct call out to Nate or was it to, like, the football player, like, in general? Like, I don't necessarily think it was, like, hyper-targeted. Like, yes, I think people knew that it was, like, Nate but also I don't think it was like Nate Jacobs is gay to like everyone. I don't feel like that was the message behind it. Yeah, I think his reaction gives it away more than anything. Like if he would have played it off, people would have been like, oh, that's funny. I think it's just it, it's a satire at the end of the day. I think like it can be taken as a funny joke. And Lexi was concerned about people's reaction to this play, rightfully so, I think. Yeah, I mean, she even gave Ethan Nate's scar on his forehead, which was kind of like, bro, we don't need to be doing all that. But yeah, I don't know. I thought it was great. I loved it. I have no qualms. And I just, I loved Lexi from behind the scenes, like watching the, the number. And I saw, I did see one tweet where someone was like, this is the second best use of the song. And then like compared it to the Shrek yeah. <laughs> use of it. I'm like, that's so accurate though. I, I loved it. I thought it was, it, it was a wow moment. You know, we talk about those moments in Euphoria, like, Rue's freak out and Rue banging on Fez's door in the first season, the musical number in the first. Now my mom is calling me. Oh my God. People we're almost done. Just <laughs> chill for a sec. There are those wow moments and this was like a wow moment. Yeah. You know? So next week is the finale. We have a lot of outstanding items. The suitcase. <laughs> We have, like, a drug dealer. Like, a very scary bad drug dealer that is supposed to be after Rue. Yes, where is Bird Lady? The third brother. What is the deal with that? Okay, this is more, like, it's not an outstanding thing, but I'm like, let's not do this. And let's not blow over Maddie's trauma of being threatened with a gun. Like, are we just gonna pretend like that was just a regular Wednesday night and yeah. just keep on rolling? Yeah. No, I need, we need something to come with that. Um, McKay, where is he? Is he not going to, does he not know about Maddie and Cassie or about, <laughs> once again, that would have been so much better. Does he not know yes. about Cassie and Nate? Like, did Maddie not call him and be like, hey, do you know about that? Like, where the fuck is McKay? Lastly, if you think of anything else, please chime in after this. Um, And lastly is Kat's camming, kitty cat. Are, once again, I don't think we're ever getting resolution for that because I think Sam Levinson just has a fucking vendetta against Barbie Ferreira, which team Barbie all the way. Yeah, I Any, think anything that I missed. Not really. Those are the main things. Uh, I want to see a smack down with Cassie. Yes. I don't necessarily need any conclusion about Rue and Jules this season. I think it's fine if they, because they did address it, you know, that they haven't spoken since the bullshit intervention, as Rue put it. I don't care to know if her and Elliot are still fucking or anything of that nature. Really hope they don't spend any time on that whatsoever. In the finale, I I want to ensure that Fez and Astre are okay. I want to see people's what people have to say to Lexi after this show is over. Mm -hmm. Smackdown, where'd Nate go? You know, what's he doing? Where's Cal? Where's Cal? Mm -hmm. Is he gone yeah. for good? What's he doing? 
I'm interested to see the fallout of the play and if Cassie takes her and Nate's fighting that anger out on Lexi and saying like you're the cause of this and like you're the cause of my fight with my boyfriend. And Nate did say he's done and so I do think that Lexi is going to hear from Cassie Mm -hmm. about her feelings. Direct your anger in the right direction please and Mm -hmm. thank you. You're tragic. You're fucking sad. It is. You are sad this season. You are honestly sad. Dude, can I just say though, Corinne and I have been sending um, each other videos of this back and forth, but there's like behind the scenes footage of Alexa Demi and Sydney Sweeney doing their cheer routine where they're like grinding up on each other. Oh my God. That moment in the play when they were like, not kissing, but like it almost looked like they were going to. I was like, why are why are we not exploring them? <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff is very baity too, which is like, stop it. Oh, like with that whole scene. Yeah, and then like the Rue and Lexi situation too. But then for like Lexi to just be in love with Fez, which I love. I love that Lexi's with Fez, but I feel like we've been baited a little bit with Rue and Lexi. Yeah, because we've always thought. Because from that scene, my takeaway was that like Lexi's definitely not gay. And from your takeaway from that scene, you thought that like Lexi was like bi or something. Yeah, I mean, after the first season, I thought that Lexi was into Rue. It's fine. <laughs> Not really. I have high hopes. I hope it's a two hour long episode next week. I really don't understand how they're going to try to address everything in one hour, especially with Sam Levinson's dumbass tendency to spend time on really dumbass shit. And his decision making is quite simply horrible. I also heard that he shows up to set without a shot list, which is infuriating, I'm sure, as a crew and cast member. Yeah. So, like, the crew has been coming out and complaining and saying that they have been working, like, 17-hour days sometimes because this man won't come to set with a shot list. Oh, my God. So, (laughs) like, I'm right here. I can run the show. I volunteer. Call Tay, Hile. I will salvage this shit for season three. Like, call me Ugh. up. It, it's frustrating because it's like I... He's obviously done, like, amazing work, but then why is all of this shit coming out of him being, like, a bad person? <laughs> yeah. It's hard because, like, with success comes people talking shit about you and trying to find your flaws. So we got to take it with a grain of salt, but also... Just watching the show go down the shitter like it kind of is, it's like hard not to be like, fuck you, Sam Levinson. <laughs> yeah. It does make me think, this is more a conversation for next week, but like, do we wish that there was ever a season two? Which I think yeah. we can conclusively say after next week's episode. Right. Say a prayer, say a manifest for the finale of the season. Will they reel it in? Will it be satisfying? We can hope. We can only hope. That's it. Stay That's safe. It. Stay well. And Lilas. Lilas. <laughs>